Before we continue, one of the ways we keep all of our content for you, the listener, free of charge is our amazing sponsors, and today, Anchor is one of those sponsors. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcasts right from your phone or computer. Anchor is going to distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere podcasts are listened to, and you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Hey everybody, we're the Marvel Movie News. Today we're going to be talking about some Spider-Man. We're going to talk about ABC and Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. We're going to talk about some Thor Ragnarok set picks. And we don't know if you know it, but Luke Cage trailer dropped today. We're probably going to talk about that. So sit right there. We'll be with you in like 10 seconds after you watch a popcorn bucket protect itself from bullets. Welcome to Popcorn Talk, featuring movie discussion, news, and interviews. Like, I think I'm getting better at them. You got you the, the comforts nice. there. Yeah, like I, I think I feel like I've finally sort of like. It's my favorite part of the show. The oh, so you're done. It's my favorite. So you're done. You can leave. No, I mean, dude, right. I love just like feeling at people and being like, you don't get to interrupt. I'm going to say all the things. <laughs> I mean, well, I you should have... do the cold open from now on. I would, we'll switch. Oh, okay, we'll, we'll switch just... it up. Uh, we are the Marvel <laughs> Movie News coming to you live from Seagate Prison. Ooh. Huh? Mm-hmm. Huh? Is that good? Mm-hmm. Seagate Prison, I believe it's in Georgia. Am I right? Where we tell you all the news from all the studios and why you should be as excited as we are. Uh, I considered saying the Gem Theater, but then I thought people might actually be confused and wonder if we've moved locations to the Gem. <laughs> because, like, Seagate Prison, obviously, we're not coming from there. No. Like, we're, like, we're not in Seagate Prison, but we could be coming we're to you from a theater called the Gem Theater. We're the one gym in New York, that's where we are. Yeah, that one. Yeah, one gym. Yeah, yeah. There's only one gym in New York. I don't know if you like. You know about gym. You got to be in. Well, do do I look like I know about it? You have to have lived in Hell's Kitchen as I did for a number. Do I look like I know about a gym, let alone the one in New York? I don't. Ready. Uh, subscribe to us on iTunes at Marvel Movie News or find us at the YouTube.com forward slash Popcorn Talk Network. You can also find us on their website, popcorntalknetwork.com. Follow us on Twitter at Marvel News PTN or at the Popcorn Talk. Also on Facebook forward slash Marvel News Show. And guys, if you'll tweet a link out to our show with a message telling people about the live chat, Doom will retweet you from his booth in Latveria. Doom demands tweets and your thoughts on Luke Cage. <laughs> also demands the photos that Matt sent for Luke Cage. What, uh, Matt sent those photos to you. Does does Doom not have Google them? Google does not respect Matt Keith. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, that's, that's obvious. That's uh, uh, Doom, do you need me to resend you those photographs? Yes. Okay. Uh, well, I've only got a show live to run, tell, Doom. Live uh, uh, I'm Matt Key at the Matt Key. We are joined by Marquia. What's your Twitter? Uh, you can follow me on Marquia McCarty. That's M-A-R-K-E-I-A-M-C-C-A-R-T-Y. Same thing for Instagram, Snapchat's Darth Thinmix. Ooh, Darth Thin Mints. I like it. Yeah. That's really nice. Uh, we've also got Koi over there. C-O-Y-J-A-N-D-R-A-A-U. Sure. And we're joined by Alan Kessler, the Sizzler himself. Hey, guys. Alan, what do you have going on these days? Uh, what are you entertaining the audience while I uh, resend <laughs> pictures? <laughs> that sounds good. Go for it, Alan. Uh, yeah, we just put out, me and a few psychologists just put out uh, one of our latest pop culture psychology books. We've done The Walking Dead Psychology, Star Trek Psychology is coming out. And right now in, in bookstores like Barnes & Noble and Amazon, you can find Captain America vs. Iron Man. Freedom, Ooh. security, and psychology, which is all about the psychological implications and moral implications of how each character deals with the world, whether it's about directly civil war or just their takes on life. I co-wrote a chapter on masculinity expectations and how Ooh. 
they both either meet them or challenge them and how extremely limiting and damaging masculinity expectations in Western culture can be. So, wow. yeah, that's out in uh, Barnes & Noble right now. If you are at Bookstar on Ventura, there are a few signed copies there still. Because you just did uh, a signing there. Yeah, I just did a little right. signing there. That's and, really interesting because uh, they both come from different decades. So it's like, what's they, masculinity for each? Well, also you know? you've you've got you've got uh, Iron Man is sort of going very typical masculinity expectations, probably based on his father, where it's right. just like you know what what makes a man? You you drink, you talk hard, you act like you own the place, even if you don't. You remind people who's the smartest and who's the successful guy. You know, you lead. You just automatically assume a leadership role. You sleep around, and it's not until. He has this traumatic experience that he starts re-examining his life and thinking, oh, I've done wrong or I've done certain things which I thought were important to attain success. And in the process, I've unleashed things that I need to take responsibility for. And and he starts like scaling back. And with Cap, you have an interesting thing where he he stands up to bullies, but it's not to look like a man. It's more of a moral obligation because he doesn't expect to win. And it's not about getting respect. It's just they will not bully me. And and that's a very different thing, and uh, and we had talked about how he just uh, uh, has has this this thing where even when he's in a leadership position, like he will express his doubts and he will talk to people about his fears and and question things, and and he's got that rebellious streak, but he's got more of a familial uh, almost almost what we would typically think of like as feminine or mother hen approach to people where like I've got to protect the family. Well, it's more like a responsibility. Yeah, 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 yeah. And and you know, it's like I mean, that's all Civil War the movie. Mm. Like he's he's not just motivated by I think this is morally wrong. It's I got to protect my boy. Yeah, yeah. no, it's like yeah. uh, being responsible for things outside of just yourself. Yeah, kind yeah. of things. Yeah. yeah, so I mean, they both they both fit some stuff and they both challenge some stuff, and we just talk about that. And and likewise, we, we talked about masculinity yeah. expectations. And, and what book is that in? That is in Captain America versus Iron Man: Freedom, Security, and Psychology. You heard it here first, everybody. Alan Kisser has a book. <laughs> <laughs> There's also the other books, Doctor Who, A History. Game of Thrones, uh, unofficial cookbook. Unofficial Game of Thrones cookbook. And uh, the unofficial Batman trivia challenge and the unofficial Spider-Man trivia challenge. If you didn't know it, Alan Kistler likes to write. A little bit. A little bit. <laughs> I dig it. All right. That's... I dig it. It pays bills. Oh, and my podcast, Crazy Sexy Geeks, on SoundCloud and iTunes, is coming back on September 1st. Oh, yep. Thirty days before Luke Cage hits the internet. It's true. It's true. Very the Netflix that's, that's that completely is, that planned. planned. Obviously planned. <laughs> Obviously planned. Uh, that was Alan Kisser, everybody. He farted. <laughs> I'm just kidding. That was me. Uh, all right, let's jump into the news. Spider-Man Homecoming. There, there's no news. Uh, I just wanted to say Spider-Man Homecoming. Oh, okay. I'm excited oh, about it. Uh, but there, yeah. uh, we also do have some pics of his web shooters that uh, Atla- so Atlanta, cool. like the Atlanta filming yeah, okay. Twitter. Uh, posted. Uh, can we can we get those up? Um, um, uh, Doom. Can we get those up? No, no. There, 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 there they are. Yeah, 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 yeah. Let's go to the. There's another one where he's like oh, got those it. Like are so cool. I like how look, they're outside you, of his costume. No, they're outside. And if you look like on his right hand, you can kind of see just a little bit. You the can palm see trigger. The, the palm yeah. trigger. Yeah. yeah. 
I'm totally cool with them being external. I know that's like against the norm, but I like them. No, but I, I love it. I think it's so cool. Yeah, yeah. I actually kind of do too. Yeah. It'd make more sense to be like, oh no, I need to recharge. My, I put another web cartridge in. Let me take off my gloves yeah. and pull up my suit and fix yeah. it. Yeah, as he's falling, like, oh, I'm out of wet fluid. Yeah, like it's <laughs> logically more like, oh, click, click, click. like, And plus it's got a Ben Riley flavor and I am one of the few apologists of Ben Riley. So yeah. Ben Riley was a good character. Yeah. The stories did not serve him well. Right. The plan did not work. But he's, I mean, Scarlet Spider was awesome. Uh, his suit's great. Yeah, this I, reminds me of the ankle and uh, and the cartridges sure, and stuff. Sure. So. Yeah. yeah, I also like how it goes with his gear. I mean, that totally fits. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, it, I mean, it, it's basically <clears throat> like bracers, but yeah. So. yeah, yeah, yeah. But it also has kind of like just a bit of a web-like sort of shape to it, like mm-hmm. so it also like fits the aesthetic, like I'm excited. Yeah. Like Plus, I've always been more of an external than an internal because it's like. You know, he runs out of wet fluid. Oh, I gotta go eat a hamburger real quick. Yeah, yeah I gotta yeah. generate some more. Yeah, no, <laughs> organic, organic. Oh yeah, no. I mean, well, also, also symbolically, the web shooters really work for me because right there, like one of the great things about Spider-Man, mm-hmm. Peter Parker, in the initial thing is like he's actually a special person before he becomes Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. He's a genius. He's a wonderkin, mm-hmm. and and he's this genius who is capable of making web fluid, and it's sort of emblematic of how we often treat high school mm-hmm. that there's this special brilliant kid there. And we don't, the kids around him don't pay attention to him, don't give him respect. It's not until he does something that's almost akin to sports, where mm-hmm. he puts on a colorful outfit and does physical things. And then people are like, oh yeah, this guy's amazing. Yeah, and, but he was amazing the whole time. But he was amazing the yeah. whole time, and the web shooters are emblematic of that. They're yeah. emblematic. And they're also, especially in those early Stan Lee, Steve Ditko stories, he's constantly solving things through his intelligence and through science. Mm-hmm. And to have his main feature outside of Crawling Walls be something of science that he made. I'm like, that's completely symbolic. Well, yeah, and like what, what we saw at the uh, at Hall H um, when they showed the Spider-Man footage, like it was so fun to see him like trying to like make web fluid in chemistry yeah. class. Like that's, yeah. you wouldn't have that if it, like it was a, a biological well, thing, and, you know? And, and actually, Peter David, uh, he and Stan Lee did a retelling of Spider-Man's origin for a book, an anthology in the mid-90s called Ultimate Spider-Man Collection, before Ultimate Spider-Man yeah. became a comic book. And in their retelling, it talked about how Peter had made the web shooting, the web fluid, a couple of years before, mm-hmm. and had hoped to patent it as a super glue, but he couldn't fix this flaw, where after an hour, it always dissolved into dust. And so he had just, like... Put the notes away. It's like one day I'll fix it. Damn! But then when he became Spider-Man, it's like, oh my god, I don't have to worry about cleanup because it turns into dust an hour later. It's not a flaw. It's perfect. It's great. Oh, that's awesome. And so, like, I, I just love that as well because that's also how science often works. Like, some you're trying to make one thing, you mm-hmm. find something else. You mm-hmm. know, you accidentally make champagne. I also love how they handled it in the movie in <laughs> nice. Civil War, where Iron Man respected the science of it, and yeah. then like he, I did, I was just so afraid that have Tony Stark invent the web fluid because oh, I, no. I was yeah. terrified yeah. of that. I, that was a real, that would have killed me. It would have broken Spider-Man. That would have killed me. Instead. Yeah. Having Tony Stark be like, I'm brilliant, you're also brilliant. Yeah. Let's be science bros. And then like having him maybe help with the web shooters works for me and the, the design of them have his Stark work with, but having Peter invent the science of it is perfect for me. And well also like Spider-Man, like when Stan Lee when in the fifties you had uh the comic code come in in mm-hmm. nineteen fifty-four, and part of the idea was that there were lots of people, uh, parent groups, and some people in the government who were thinking like comic books are just damaging to kids. Right, so right. So they need to have positive influences, and if superheroes are going to come back, they need to have a more they need to be a more positive influence. Otherwise, they just seem to be anarchists. Right. And DC responded by making their superheroes for a while like a lot of them were cops. So Green Lantern was now not a dude with the magic ring; he was a space cop. Mm-hmm. And Hawkman mm-hmm. was now of the Hawkman police force mm-hmm. of Thanagar. And Martian Manhunter was a cop on Mars mm-hmm. who was now a detective. Flash was a CSI. And Stan Lee went a different route with Steve Ditko and Jack Kirby and the rest, where everyone, almost everyone in his universe, 
were learned people of either science or medicine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you had like Peter Parker, Reed Richards, Dr. Richards Scott yep. Lang, Doctor Strange was a surgeon. Uh, you know, Doctor Banner. Like they're all Don Blake, mm-hmm. physician, is also <laughs> Thor. And it was this whole thing of like embracing, dude. People who know science and medicine change the world, mm-hmm. and and so I love whenever we can get that. How many Marvel heroes are just geeks? Yeah, if we can get them to tech talk, I love it. Skibidi, I love it. I've watched tech talk. The first banner in yeah. We got, we, sorry, I I, want, I could talk about this for an hour, and I yeah. want to, uh, but we are ten minutes in, and we've talked about Spider-Man web shooters. So <laughs> you know what? We've got to move on. Yeah. That means we're doing it right, no, Maggie. I'm not. Look. Look, we have. I just know this is how it goes. Talk about Doctor Strange. I know it's coming. There's nothing but... to talk about, and it's, it breaks me that there isn't. Uh, Captain Marvel, though, while we're looking at pictures, Brie Larson Captain tweeted Marvel, a, pic- a picture uh, saying uh, something like Larson Industries research. Uh, she's wearing a Captain Marvel uh, sweatshirt. I think you can buy that on We Love Fine. I think it was designed by Katie Elhoffer, who we've had on our show. Nice. Sweet, sweet. Um, and uh, she's reading Captain uh, Captain Marvel uh, Volume 1, it looks like, by uh, Kelly Sudaconic. So uh, it's just exciting to see her. Do, like, it's just it's just cool to see no, that. Like, awesome. like, it's awesome. John, like when John Bernthal was doing his Punisher research and you would see him, like, in the comic book shop yeah. buying Punisher, she's like, oh, like, you're she's doing like it. fully wearing it and everything, too. Like, that yeah. just makes me so happy. I think this might be even something, like, a unique piece of clothing because if you look closely, it has a collar, which the sweater doesn't have. Oh. oh maybe, maybe I'm incorrect. Like a, like a here, have a sweater. I but, think it's so cool that she's yeah. just, like, geeking out. Release it to us, Marvel. <laughs> Give uh, us a Brie Larson as Captain Marvel. Also no, a sweatshirt. I love, I love it when actors actually, uh, you know, go like full deep in and yeah. do the research. Like, you know, oh, like Mike Coulter has gone like It's full almost like you should have comics on set and have your actors read them Chris- instead of other studios that might not. Right. <laughs> Christopher, Christopher Reeve became Uh-oh. like the biggest Superman expert. And, oh, and right. when they had him like when they had him on, on Smallville, he would talk to like Tom Welling about all these things that happened to Superman over the years and stuff. Like he, oh, he right. became such That's a fan of it. Yeah, huge That's Superman. Great. That's so That's fun. Awesome. That's huge. Great. Knew all the trivia. Yeah. Could tell the writers. That's what I love about artists. Garfield. Like Garfield, when he went to Comic Con yeah. as Spider Man, the fan. And then yeah, I thought you meant Garfield the man. cat. I was like, yes. 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 hates Monday. Yes. Loves Spider Man. Hates Monday. Like, yeah, he decided Grumpy <laughs> Cat was stealing the Loves lasagna and webbing. <laughs> when, when Bill Murray was behind the mic doing the voiceover, <laughs> he had really every single Jim Davis comic there. It was really into it. Really into it. He loved that movie. Let's talk about Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Marvel Television real quick. Uh, we got our first um, synopsis uh, for for season four. Uh, uh, Doom, do you want to uh, do you want to take this and run with it, or should I throw it throw it down? Oh man, I'm so excited! <laughs> uh, I, I knew you would be. That's why I'm giving you the chance to talk. Doom is excited. Uh, Doom loves ABC. <laughs> <laughs> Doom would Doom would love ABC. <laughs> Doom. Would he? Let's talk Eric about what Doom would be. Let's, let's do that. Smoking this out. Let's do that. Off the air. That's the red guy, Doom. Oh, Doom. Doom. Talk to us about uh, Agents of Shield. Um, I mean, we it came out like right after we finished last week, which of course, of course. Uh, but it it sounds really cool. I mean, basically, it's it's a a larger scale reaction to the fallout from uh, the Sokovia Accords. Yeah. Even though we saw last season, and we got some more information on Jason O'Mara's director that he is going to be not not like not somebody from within or who's been around shield but because shield is now going to be public as part of the enforcement for the Sokovia Accords he is now instituted by outside forces to take over shield since Coulson since he's dead cannot be the public face of the of 
of Shield. So in some ways, I mean, like that doesn't mean that, that uh, it's not going to be Director Coulson anymore. He's still probably going to be a high level agent, probably doing a lot of directing behind the scenes. He's just not the public face of it. So high level, definitely. But he was in the in that in that little snippet we got of the flash forward. He was a field agent, seemingly. No, yeah, absolutely. By, uh, yeah, like he it, but he behaved it, like he was demoted. But what's funny, like to think about, like he's a field agent, but he's not the public face, like. Like, why are they even allowing him in the field if that's, like, a concern? Yeah, he should just have a dark office. Yeah, he should have, like, a dark office desk job. Uh, so, but it does sound like they're going to be uh, hunting down the Inhumans. Uh, if we're going to get the royal family at all, that's where they're going to come in. Um, uh, and uh, they, the world believes that Daisy is... A, here's here's one of the sentences that got me. Uh, the world believes Daisy is a dangerous outlaw who has taken down banks and bridges, and the new director has no qualms about taking her down for good. So, like, Omara is just like, nah, let's kill her. <laughs> so, like, that's got to be a point of contention for the rest of the team. Um, so, And, and uh, Elizabeth Hentrich, uh, uh Simmons is going to be on his side. Oh, potentially. yeah. Yeah, uh, she's which, she's kind of, like, uh, turning against the team in a way. Yeah, so, I mean, with the darker time slot, it sounds like everybody's going to be fighting against each other. Yeah. So, uh, anyway, let's. Uh, I, I'm ready to move on, Doom, unless you have some other things that you want to say. Uh, I mean, just with the... They did do a little bit more of, like, the hinting at Ghost Rider's story and how they're going to encounter him, and they're not sure if he's going to be a good guy or a bad guy at first. Oh, yeah, the, the, the sentence is... Um... Robbie Reyes, uh, Reyes will roar into the lives of Agent Coulson and the team as a junkyard mechanic who can turn on a dime into a, the terrifying Ghost Rider. So, will he be friend or foe to S.H.I.E.L.D.? He, he'll, he'll start off as foe and then become friend. Ghost Rider should always be both. Yeah. Yeah. He's, like, he's an actual anti-hero. Like, he's, like well, because... all the Midnight Suns, in my opinion, are true anti-heroes. They're yeah. not fully either one direction. Which is why the Duffer I mean, Brothers should, should take make that show. Oh, my God. Duffer Brothers, take that show, please. Well, it's, it's like, when I always loved... Because I grew up on Johnny Blaze, and and I always loved that he would turn into Ghost Rider, but it was like he would see a bad situation, like okay, I'll let Ghost Rider loose, but then would always be like, I hope I can put him back in the cage after he beats up those guys, because <laughs> yeah, if someone else gets in his way, he might kill them. He might just kill and them just, too. It was just like this intelligent, malevolent Hulk that you would let out. Oh, you know, that's and, a good. And I really like like Ghost Rider's the parallel, gun. Yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah, I like it. Just has a different set of morals in him, but yeah, he's know, a freaking yeah. demon. Matt <laughs> speaks too positively about the Ghost Rider Nick Cage film, but I enjoyed that Nick Cage always seemed like he was like it was like a drug, like it seemed like something that he got off on, but he was also worried about the side effects of. That's and every Nick Cage movie. Well, yeah, that's, just, <laughs> that's just Nick <laughs> Cage. No, but I can think I just that's say, a way to play with it, having say, it be like you know a thing that gives you power, but you're also weary about the side effects of. I don't understand how we keep we have screwed up doing a badass kick-ass Ghost Rider film twice because the first time the first time I was so distracted by Nick Cage doing very obviously his Elvis impression <laughs> and his 20 year old body CGI yeah <sighs> And and I'm like I was watching him like why is he talking like this he's impersonating Elvis because the bike leathers were inspired by Elvis oh god I hate you <laughs> and and then the second movie was written by David Goyer that's so enough. F it. that's enough that's enough yeah, knowledge that's that's just, that's Green, enough. screenwriter of BVS and Man of Steel so all right yeah. so let's, <laughs> let's, sorry I, I derailed that Matt <sighs> no it's, it's okay Doom it's okay I, I do think they're gonna introduce uh, they said they're gonna introduce Ghost Rider right up top so yeah he's, magic, in the, he's in the pilot yeah. yeah magic is gonna really drive it uh, early so I'm hoping that uh, that means we're gonna have Doctor Strange crossover when we get there. Uh, I, 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 I don't think that Benedict Cumberbatch is going to be no, 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 not, no, no, no. not Doctor Strange himself a crossover with the film 
Yeah, no, I, I think that there will definitely be something going on. They, they always try to do something. It'd be great if Benedict Cumberbatch showed up just as a medical consultant, like, oh, yeah, you know, you should take some aspirin for that, and then just yeah. walks out. And then just, yeah. like, walked away, yeah. and his hand and was, like, in like, the whole wow, time. that Doctor Strange is a really nice guy. I hope things work out for and him And the entire oh, cast doctor turns... was strange. Yeah, <laughs> just, like, what, when the whole cast, like, winks at camera, like, they all turn, like, uh, uh, all right. Several TV shows are in consideration at ABC. Several uh, Marvel TV Marvel shows, TV I should throw out. Yeah. Yes. Uh, at the uh, Television Critics Association, ABC Network President Channing Dungy, which is a interesting. Is it Dungy or Dungy? I, I feel bad for her either way because like <laughs> not, neither pronunciation is, is flattering. flattering. Uh, but she says, uh, since I've been in the role, which is just this year, since I've been in this role, we've been in a number of really terrific conversations with the Marvel team. We're actually sitting down in two weeks to discuss our next steps. That would be like this week. Um, and looking at a number of different things, some of them are projects that we were working on before and some of them are totally new ideas and IPs. Um, the two that we know about that were out there uh, were uh, Damage Control, um, which we don't know what's going on with it now due to, like, uh, DC's Powerless show. So, like, that maybe that's, like, kind of like, oh, mm. we don't want to have the exact same show. Even though, mm. to, you know, Damage Control came out before DC had anything like that, but right? The, Am the I right, Alan? Viewer. It's whoever gets Fact it first, me? though, you know? Whoever gets it out on, on TV first, but Damage mm. Control, like, the, the idea of a team... Like cleaning up after right. superheroes right. was first done with damage control, right? It was DC first done to such a such a degree. Yeah, I mean, you occasionally had remarks about, you know, it's going to take forever for local forces to clean this up, or yeah. you know, infrastructure is screwed, and da 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 da. But yeah, Dwayne McDuffie. Uh, did, did damage control. Did damage like, control as almost a satire yeah. of look. Someone's got to pick up the Sentinel after it's knocked down. Mm-hmm. Like you know, mm-hmm. someone's got to do this, and that was. That was part of the 80s because we were deconstructing mm-hmm. everything about superheroes. Like, mm-hmm. 70s was about exploring social issues, and then 80s was about, well, who, who does their laundry? And, yeah. and stuff like that. And, and so it just fit in with... It was, it was about deconstructing how ridiculous superheroes really yeah. were. Like, if you look right. at them yeah. and explore and, it's ridiculous. And it worked so well for the Marvel Universe, which always tried to have that idea of, it's, it's your universe, this is outside your window. Yeah. It just happens to have Marvel heroes in it. Yeah. And, and I mean, it even got referenced uh, a couple more times about what the effects of that were. Like, in his first issue of uh, Daredevil, Kevin Smith brought up the idea that... New York and certain other cities actually, because of lawyers like Daredevil arguing for it, have this multi-billion dollar insurance plan that operates for superhero damage. Oh my god, that's and that so lasted a while. That concept, yeah, million yeah. dollar insurance policies. I love yeah. that idea. Yeah, it's a great idea. Yeah. That's a great idea. Uh, so there's also there's damage control, but then there's also the show that John Ridley's been working on for about a year now that no one knows anything about, and all of us wanted to be Ms. Marvel. Uh, mm-hmm. So. We literally know nothing else. We know not. We know nothing that, except that John Ridley is working on a TV show. Okay, I mean, it can... holds up just because of uh, the show he just did. Was it American Crime? American Crime, yeah, I think. Yeah, mm-hmm. it, uh, because it dealt with a lot of Muslim stories in America. Is, hmm. is, so, but, oh, I'd like but that. A, lo- a lot of people have said, "Oh my God, are you working on Ms. Marvel?" And they've all gone on record saying, "No, no, no, it's not Ms. Marvel." But come on, it's Ms. Marvel. Okay, but we, <laughs> we could speculate. For we all want it to be Ms. Marvel, so it is. Because that's yeah. a secret. Or... Or, or, uh, or could it be Shamrock? No. Shamrock? 
Remember her? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this, no. She's just like this dumb Irish character. Like, I want her to be cool because I'm Irish. But one like, day we'll get a good Irish character. She, oh, okay. They later had this idea. Yeah, where, like, one she, day. She was originally just, she was good. She had good luck and she dressed in a costume with a shamrock on it. Okay. And then they're like, oh, well, she can also summon the dead spirits of, she's of the, the unavenged. She's like, cat, that's much better. But real racist. It's yeah. like oh, the anti-black cat with but racial like, stereotypes. It's just, uh, yeah. Well, Go ahead. Uh, no, I would like since you know with like Netflix we have Luke Cage yeah, and everything. Yeah. I want Misty Knight. I want I, I want that. Love, I want Daughters, yeah. of, the Daughters of the Dragon. Or call it Heroes for Hire. Or call it that. And, oh my you know, god! Depending because on where you want to go ABC show that would be so because you can you can bring in uh, like White Tiger through mm-hmm. them and mm-hmm. and you can right. explore the, all the other like parts of the Marvel universe mm-hmm. that uh, are more more about everyday problems and aren't about cosmic threats and frankly exactly. don't have just white people. <laughs> I still want She-Hulk and a procedural man. I still want like oh, a Aaron Sorkin yeah. written She-Hulk yeah. lawyer show. See, that's I want the one like... I think ABC is... is I think She-Hulk on ABC is, the, the, is perfect, perfect home. It's to- the tone-wise yeah. of that show is perfect ABC. Procedurals is great for that like kind of network and then the only superhero show that would actually work as a procedural with that budget is She-Hulk. Like, I think it'd be great. I, di- I just hope that if they do a She-Hulk... Uh, procedural or uh, like attorney show like that they still keep like that lonely man like bum 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 she just walks away at the end of every single trial like, bum, 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 it's like bum, when she loses one yeah, yeah. Bum, 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 bum. <laughs> nice of course, there of course, it is oh, ready with it Oh, She-Hulk. Lost the case. Uh, also, let's talk about Marvel's Most Wanted. Uh, she said, uh, Marvel's Most Wanted, at the end of the day, did not feel as strong as some of the other pilots that we shot. We talked about it with Marvel, and we all came to an agreement that we wanted to figure out what the next show we do together, and we all feel as uh, creatively strong as it can be. So, they just didn't feel like it worked. It's okay. That's fine. There's a lot of other material to choose. There's so much other material. All right. And I'd rather it not work beforehand than not work out. I'd rather it not be out there and be like, ooh, and weaken the brand. So I'd rather they learn in pre-production. And I'm just saying a crime drama with Misty and Colleen Wing. Oh, my God. So good. So good. It's fantastic. That's a great idea. They just really need to do that. What do you guys think of a, because they've been putting Night Nurse. (laughs) 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 Of a hospital show? Uh, Yeah, they've been putting uh, Night Nurses in Doctor Strange and on Netflix. Like, I don't know if they could get Rosario. Dawson onto ABC, but a night nurse procedural show for ABC uh, could be a very interesting. Well, like, like every every episode, some hero or villain is injured, and therefore night yeah. nurse must help like, them. Yeah, oh it's like ER, secretly, but yeah, like really high budget stakes. <laughs> if damage control is out the window, uh, just because of powerless, it could be a way to get like a more lighter tone, almost comedy that's uh, n- like right near the superhero world about the people that react to it. Yeah, it's not a bad idea. Yeah, Rosario uh, Dawson would be so tired. I, yeah. <laughs> poor, I mean, poor Claire Temple. Oh, I know. Claire, Claire, <laughs> Claire. Claire goes through so much. Claire. She tries so hard, guys. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I, I, there's so much to explore in this world also. I, I mean, one thing, I, it's a, it's a, another another shame about Fantastic Four not being under Marvel Studios mm-hmm. is that I would love to see, not as a full show maybe, but as a miniseries, uh, it's, it was established in the comics eventually that Nathaniel Richards, Reed's father, mm-hmm. and Howard Stark worked together in S.H.I.E.L.D. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah, so yeah. I'm just like, it would be fun to see a miniseries. Like a 1960s. Of like, with like... with uh, Agent Carter now being Director Carter and being yeah. their boss. And then you've also got like Hank Pym coming in, like sure. I mean, you may not, you may not be able Pym, to get like Michael you know, Douglas to do TV. You but... can, you, know, you can, you can also maybe have the Wasp do something beyond die in a flashback. Like it just, you, you have so much you can explore with the Marvel universe. Yeah. 
No, that would be a lot of fun. Uh, let's uh, let's move away from ABC. Uh, let's scooby bop scooby boo over to uh, Fox, uh, where Simon Kinberg was talking at the uh, TCAs. He's got some new show out. I can't remember the name of it. But everyone wanted to talk to him about the, the Fox universe, um, which I, I thought was funny. Um, uh, so he said... I think Deadpool 2 will comment on anything that's happening in the movies today, especially in superhero movies. The sort of glut or saturation of these movies and the proliferation of sequels is definitely something we'll play around with. So, yes. Yeah, they're going to have a lot I of fun. Love, I, yeah. I'm already excited about the script that doesn't exist yet. Look at Koi. Like, like I, just, I just want it so bad. Yes. Like, yeah. the fact that that's, like, a commentary before it's even been written means we're going to... Oh, I'm so excited. Thank you. Thank yeah. you, world. Yeah. Uh, like, yeah. Like, like, in the glutton saturation, I think it's kind of funny, too. Like, like not... I never thought I'd get Deadpool. I never thought after yeah. 11 years of fighting I'd get Deadpool. I didn't think I'd love it. And then I didn't think a sequel would happen. It broke every record. The sequel sounds amazing. It hasn't been written yet. And it exists. Well, speaking yes. speaking of the scene, and, and we 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 all kind of guessed that that was going to come, oh, but like because he breaks the fourth it. wall, it's what he does. But like just hearing like one of the writers Simon and producers about just say like, Deadpool into a mic and walk away, and I'd be like, "That's the greatest news!" <laughs> yes, <laughs> that's all I need. What if they walked up and said, "Headpool"? Yes, yes, greatest news. with Deadpool. Yes, Kedpool. I love those shoes. Keds are great. Uh, speaking of they'd Deadpool, sell. they'd sell. Like, yeah. I'd buy them. Where do I, where do Ken, I get them? Deadpool. DSW? I'm going. Sure. Let's go. Let's go right now. <laughs> Stilt man. Deadpool! Ah! <laughs> he doesn't even hear it anymore. No, no. Lady Stilt man. Yeah. Deadpool! <laughs> Why do you ask questions to which you already know the answers? <laughs> Pacepot Pete. All right, I added to it. Now we're moving on. Uh, Deadpool 2 uh, also will have Cable, and he said, I've seen rumors from every from uh, about everybody from Arnold Schwarzenegger to I can't even remember. Truth is, we haven't cast him. So, Or her, Kira Knightley, right? <laughs> oh, my God. I would watch <laughs> the hell out of that. Lady Cable? Oh, I would be, be awesome. fun with that. that. that would no, be so I would happy. be fun if Cable just showed up like, Cable, you're a lady? Like, dude, all the time traveling... Timeline's changed. This is what's saying. I've adjusted. I've adjusted. Let's go. Let's do it. Okay. That would be all I needed. Like, sure. You know who'd be a great lady? Go for it. Cable. Emily Blunt, since she's not Captain Marvel. Emily Blunt as Cable. That Edge of Tomorrow. Right? Exactly. Like, Edge of Tomorrow is Emily Blunt. She's so surprisingly good. She was really good at it. No, I'm hard now. I'm so not kidding. Emily Blunt for Cable. You know who else would be a good Cable is Bran of Tarth. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah, what's, what's her what's her name? I'm blanking on the actress's name. About. Yeah. Yeah, but she's it's, it's, it hurts awesome. my heart that I can't remember her name, but who's but yeah, also she's, Captain she's, Phasma. She's yeah. got that depth, that intensity, mm-hmm. but that she's vulnerability great. That's of wanting Christie. to Christie. Christie. Thank you. And she's also just like she's got like the that sort of imposing stature right. that Cable has. Like Yeah, it's true. She's like built for it. Yeah. I mean oh, I still man. want Mel Gibson and I still want Kira Knightley as Domino, but I can dream. Oh my god, yeah. Uh so he also explained uh the Gamba delays. Um, and whether this is a smokescreen or not, who knows? I hope that it's not though, because maybe Fox is starting to learn their lesson of mm-hmm. pushing things and in, like into being a film before they're fully developed. Because here's he, no right here's here's what I think Marvel does well that um, Fox and DC um, could really learn from uh, Captain Marvel, the film that is coming out in what 2018. They've been writing that movie for three years now. Right. Uh, that was in pre-development before they ever like they were playing around with the script and the ideas and previs for it before they even brought in a screenwriter. Then they brought in screenwriters to write it. They've had screenwriters on it for a year now. They still don't have a director for it. Then the director will do a pass. Like before you get to Captain Marvel, they will have had it in development for five to six years. 
And they can afford to do that because they started the game and everything else mm-hmm. for the mm-hmm. for the cinematic universe. Uh, everyone else is playing catch up now, and they're being impatient, and they don't need to be because like if Gambit comes out in 2018 and it's a good movie, oh, that's yeah, that's better than like rushing it out. And you know, that's better than like saying Suicide Squad is going to hit in 2016. So uh, here's we six be- weeks, David here's Ayer. Six good weeks, luck. David Ayer. You know, mm-hmm. like for what for what time he had, like Suicide Squad should have been far worse than it actually was. Can you imagine writing like, any feature in six weeks? Much no. less one with that many characters, like with that rough, many stakes, that much history. Universe, I give him it, would, full, it would take full me at least props. eight. I mean, yeah, I mean, <laughs> minimal. My goodness. Weekends off, of course, for a summary. <laughs> I mean, I let's, am, Alan. Let's be, I take weekends. Let's be serious here. <laughs> but six weeks? Yeah. We're not machines. Six weeks ago? Like, that's incredible. Though. Yeah. Like, I just, I, it's I incredible that he was able to pull off that film. So the fact that this getting delayed, I'm okay with, because Gambit's not 12 years old. Channing Tatum can age a little. Like, It's not like there's a restriction on the way the movie's set up so far yeah, that has right, a time right, right. limit. So, right. so hopefully Fox is learning that, uh, and it seems like maybe they are, uh, because he says, I think the truth when you have these movies that need very special and unique tone, it takes a little while to find that tone. Deadpool feels like it exploded out of nowhere, but it was a 10-year development process on that movie. I think it was honed over those 10 years. I hope that Gambit doesn't take 10 years, but it takes a little honing to get that tone and that voice exactly right. The character has such a specific voice in the comic in the same way that Deadpool has a specific voice that we want to make sure that we capture that voice on the page. Really, it's just about getting a screenplay that is worthy of that character, and I think we're really close right now. Uh, a friend of mine, uh, Rebecca Theodore, you, you see her on Twitter maybe as a film fatale, and uh, she's she's written a lot of stuff for Forbes. She brought up this weekend, we know it's not happening because Channing Tatum is, is uh, Gambit, but she just brought up her own thought this weekend of like, if you were going to recast it, mm-hmm. she wanted David Diggs from Hamilton and now that I have that in my head, I'm just like, I am actually all I'm freaking not fam- for I'm that. Not familiar. He is. He plays. He plays Thomas Jefferson. Okay. Uh, he's he's mixed. He's got this magnificent, like wavy afro, and he's just got like sass and attitude and charm, like all over him. Uh, as Thomas Jefferson, he comes out in this freaking like purple long coat and a cane, and just owns the stage. Mm-hmm. He's also an incredible. Uh, hip-hop artist and rapper like he he does songs where he does i think they count like 21 words a second oh um, like he that's his kind of cat like he's he's an awesome cat and i like i know it would never happen but i loved hamilton i loved david and now i'm just like i would be so for that i would that be so like for really i'd be so just, for i just that pulled up a picture of him and yeah no i can I'm on board. Yeah, I'd be so like for style. it. I like Norman Reedus as Gambit. Is what yeah, I was talking I about. If not Channing Tatum, I could yeah, see like that. Norman Reedus is like his grimy, dirty charm because he's like so somehow weirdly sexy in a very. And that's the thing to me. That's, that's... Gambit has this nest that isn't typically right. handsome. No, me. and that and that was actually why my my main objection to Channing Tatum. I was just like, no, I, I don't I don't like Gambit necessarily being pretty. I I like that there's got to be. Uh, I mean, he's he's. He's being charming. Attra- he's being roguish. attractive in a different way. But he's roguish. Exactly. Yeah. Roguish. Roguish is a yeah. thing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so but we, I love him as, uh, since we have Channing Tatum and since he's so involved. No, in he's so, good. I'm no. excited. Chan- just and he, and he's not the problem, C. Tate's. Yeah, yeah absolutely. The problem. Absolutely not. No, 22 Jump Street, genius. Genius. <laughs> no, that movie, I did not expect it to be as funny and as good as it was. How did 21 I, it was, Jump Street happen? Like, I how, did 21, 21, how was 21 Jump Street good? Amazing. But it was good. It was so good. I was so impressed. Uh, well, let's, let's, uh, let's move on. One last thing that Simon Kinberg talked about at the C, uh, C, 
I almost said the CMA is like the Country Music Awards. What? You know, Simon Kenberg, when he won his Country Music Award uh, at the television, the TCAs, uh, he said, um, he talked about Legion and working with Noah Hawley on it. And his quote is, actually, Legion came out of a conversation that Noah and I had when I was in Moscow for the re- release of Days of Future Past. Noah was somebody I really admired, and we were talking about doing X-Men TV shows. We had a bunch of different ideas. Legion wasn't one of them, but Noah said to me, I want to do Breaking Bad in the superhero world. I want to actually tell the story about the origin of essentially a villain. And then Legion evolved uh, from there, and it became became the show that it is. So Legion is going to be like the superhero equivalent to Breaking Bad. Alan, I see that you're not impressed by that and that you don't like it. I'm just... I, I mean, if if you want to go that way, that's cool. I mean, I look, I obviously, I hope all of this stuff does well. Because I love when other people get excited about superhero stuff. Sure. Even if it's a different version than what sure. I like. And and that then that's fine. But it's just... I mean, just the fact that you even picked Legion, it's such a weird character to pick to me. Like, the, the most interesting thing about him, usually, is that he's Xavier's son. Have you read X-Men Legacy? Yeah, and and they use yeah. There have been there have been different times where like he's been used well, but I feel like those are so few and far between. But if they base this off that, then it's gold. That would be cool. But this doesn't sound like that. Doesn't sound like exactly. And 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 I mean, Legion is also something you can you can uh, get really bad and frankly insulting really quickly because because of the personality because he's got mental health issues Mm -hmm. uh, and he's got uh, dissociative identity disorder. Sometimes sometimes it's schizophrenia. Like, people have written him without doing even, like, the most basic research on what those mental health issues are. And I just feel like we don't, when we have Wikipedia, when we have all these things at our fingertips, we can do a little bit of research. Like, mm-hmm. if, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. Breaking Bad did research just to get the idea of how, what goes into making meth right. Mm-hmm. You know, if, mm-hmm. if you want to do Breaking Bad, then I would love to see the same kind of research and care. Uh, then out. yes, I agree. We should yeah. just have Mr. Sinister and put Brian Cranston yeah. in there. Oh, and let's just see do that. Already more interesting. If you make <laughs> a period piece, if you, if Victorian Mr. Essex, like becoming thing, <laughs> and then we follow him through timelines, like every every season is later in history. And there you go. Wow. Then it's made. You're make welcome. That. <laughs> make that. Done deal. Um, all right. So uh so that's that's uh, on ABC. Let me uh I think, you guys, it's time for us to talk Netflix and Defenders and Misty Knight and Luke Cage. Who are they? Well, let me... (laughs) I'm going to let Coy handle it because I've never heard of them. Oh, Uh these Defenders you speak of? (laughs) Yes, yes. Uh, So, uh, first up, let's just say very quickly, Rachel Taylor may be in Defenders. We don't know. Uh, But she posted on, I believe, Instagram... Uh, saying, vacation is over, work in the bag is my least favorite thing with my training, which is why I gotta do it, and it's a video of her, like, working out with a punching bag. We know Defenders is shooting later this year, so it's possible that she's, like, very subtly saying, I might be in Defenders. We don't know if she's gonna be Hellcat or if she's just gonna be in an episode or two as Jessica Jones' friend, but it's exciting to think that Hellcat might actually be part of the Defenders. I want it. (laughs) (laughs) He wants it. All right. All right, so done. Uh, it's uh, done then. We also got a new mm-hmm. Luke Cage poster, um, but uh, do we have that? Yeah, I, we we have it. Like uh, that's not it. That's Brie Larson. Uh, that's <laughs> that's no work. There we go. Uh, they can't see that. Oh, oh they can't see that. Never okay, mind. Uh, they there can see is. that though, right? Now they can, now yeah, they can Luke see. Cage. Yes. Okay. The uh, man who inspired Nicolas Cage's stage name. <laughs> yeah. Yep, not a joke. 
I love that his son is DC. His son yeah. is an album, because, effectively. Because when Nicholas Cage, when Nicholas Coppola looked at Luke Cage, he thought, you know what? I relate to a black man with unbreakable skin who was once yep. accused of a crime he didn't commit and became a hero for hire. I will take that name. I will take that name. And then he named his son Kal El. And then he named his, his son the Amalgam Universe. Remember like, the '90s? That's his son. I yep. immediately felt bad for that kid because I was imagining the school bully who would be beating him up and claiming his fist had kryptonite or something in it. Like it just it sets you up so <laughs> I, I badly. Love, I love in your world the bully's a nerd too. Yeah, the bully. <laughs> yeah, he's, I mean, he's, the, he's the bully so definitely knows <laughs> what kryptonite is. Yeah, if you, my brother went out with a girl one time who didn't know what I said, what I meant by saying, "Oh, it's my kryptonite." She'd never, as far as she knew, never heard the word kryptonite, and I'm just like, I'm so disappointed in everyone right now. <laughs> Uh, what I find funny about Nick Cage taking that name for himself is that Luke Cage is actually not Luke Cage's real name. Right, he's Carl Lucas. It's Carl Lucas. Right. Right. Yeah, so I think that's kind of funny. Nick Cage chose a fake name. Of You're a- right. <laughs> it's, it's sort of like he's saying, you know, Clark Kent is my favorite hero, therefore I will have my stage name be Nicholas Superman. Like, it's, <laughs> yeah. like, it's like, wait, that's... That's not literally his name, Nicholas Superman. Or it's like saying, it's like saying, <laughs> I was inspired by the works of Samuel Clemens. I therefore changed my name to Mark Twain. Like, yeah, yeah. Or, or it's like, a pseudonym. Like, yeah, Nicholas Mark Twain. <laughs> Nicholas Twain. Oh, sweet Christmas indeed. All right. Uh, let's also very t- uh, briefly talk about the fact that. Um, Jeff Loeb, I think it was at the Comic Con, said, "We're very lucky in a sense that." Uh, let me see. Do I even want to read that one? Uh, no. He said, I think Netflix is being very... Se- talking about a possible Misty Night spinoff. He said, yes. I think Netflix is being very selective in terms of where we're going. That being said, Simone Missick, who plays Misty Knight, knocked it so far out of the park that we're still trying to find the baseball. It's somewhere out there traversing the globe, so it's really great. And I can tell you that what she's doing on Luke Cage is just incredible. The fans are really going to love it. So, um, But it sounds like maybe they've gone to... I mean, Maybe I'm reading into it, but it sounds like maybe they've gone to Netflix and said, Hey, so this character, right? Uh, I mean, we got Punisher, right? Yeah. Huh? Uh, I mean, yeah. huh? Yeah. And then, huh? Then plus we have her and uh, Colleen Wing. Get Colleen together. Wing, yeah. We can kind of have. I don't know if you want the flavor of a Xena and Gabriel. Oh my god! Oh <laughs> my god! It's so awesome. But like in New York as detectives, and then there's uh, powers the involved, and just thinking of like when Misty would get, you know. The arm. The Tony Stark made oh, arm. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Which eventually could, you know, melt everything, including oh God, adamantium. Would... But, you know, mm-hmm. that's far in the future. But you know that that's coming. You know, like her and Luke Cage. Uh, not Luke Cage. Uh, her and, um, wait, Iron Fist. Iron Fist, yeah. Her and Iron Fist yeah. getting together. And it's just like, yeah. even that romance happening. Mm-hmm. In the it's like, oh. Love it. Love it. Iron they Fist, just need though. to do this already. That they Iron Fist, though. As long as at some point they get to fight the Hypno Hustler. <laughs> Because that, that was a villain. <laughs> Hypno uh, Hustler. Hypno yeah. Hustler. Oh, boy. All right. Well, he was right up there with Big Wheel. He's back lately. They've used him in a couple of comics. He was in like, like six yeah. months ago. I was like, Hypno Hustler? No, my boy Dan brought him back. Yeah, he was in the... Brain. Yeah. Yep. Oh, Dan. Dan, Dan, Dan. What are you doing? All right. <laughs> let's, so let's, let's get into the nitty-gritty of the trailer that we... You guys watched it for the first time. I watched yeah. it this right morning because I wanted to pull stills from it and everything for the show. But uh, let's talk about it. What did you guys... Like, what stood out? Luke Cage, for me. Okay, he stood out. Let's move on, He did great. Great conversation. Good work. Well done. Well done. I liked that it was gritty, but that it wasn't gritty like The Wire gritty. Yeah. You know, I like Mm -hmm. that it it didn't go that far with it, from what I can tell with the trailer. I mean, it kind of had that daredevil-ness and kind of like the 
I, I like the flair with it, like when you see the singers and they're singing, and it's just it it has like that seventies vibe that uh, yeah. Alan was uh, talking about mm-hmm. before, but it's not offensive. Yeah, right. Yeah. And isn't it wonderful about like look we. We could do it. We could yeah. tell this story without being offensive. Yeah. It's like, like, oh, guys, come on. It's actually maybe not that hard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I like that the story is about him. I mean, it is his story. Just like with Jessica Jones, it was about her. It is right. her story. Yeah. It's not some other person um, being like, which happens um, when uh, you have minority characters. Uh, some other person actually being the main focus or actually being uh, the new eyes into the world where you don't need new eyes into mm-hmm. the world because you have Luke Cage being his own new eyes into mm-hmm. this world. Mm-hmm. I, I usually, I call that like sort of the glory test where like, if, oh. if you remember the movie Glory, <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. you know, it's, it's supposed mm. to be about uh, black soldiers in the American Civil War, but it really becomes about Oh, poor Matthew Broderick recognizing all this <laughs> terrible stuff in the Civil War. Like, but it, it, it was too that's, much. That's still like the white man. Like, right, exactly. Doing, and, yeah. and likewise, uh, so some of you might know about the Bechdel test, but mm-hmm. do you know about the Johnson test? So the Johnson. Uh, that's that sounds. It's not no. <laughs> okay. So the Johnson test was proposed by a writer. I'm sure, and... Luke Cage would pass if, uh, <laughs> if that's where we're going with this. No, yeah. no, no, no. So, he would so pass with flying colors. So the Bechdel test, for those of you who don't know, is is just it was it brought up by Alison Bechdel of uh, a fun home and, and various other things. And in her comic strip, she had two women characters talk about that they don't see movies now unless it passes their test, and mm-hmm. it became known as the Bechdel test. And that was the movie has to have um, two women characters who have a name. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have to know each other. And talk at one point about something that is not a man. And people take that to mean, like, also, like, you know, they can talk about their son or family, maybe, but they can't talk about, like, the boy they're both going after or the man in their lives or whatever. And a writer later came up with the Johnson test of to just, just to give you, mm-hmm. let a movie see if it passes it. And that's uh, that you have at least two black characters, or not necessarily black, but two non white characters yeah. that have names, and at one point, at least if uh, these two white characters, or hopefully you have more, but at least two of them have a conversation that is not about a white character mm-hmm. in the story. And if you consider a conversation to be longer than 20 seconds, then the movie The Help does not pass the Johnson test. Wow. Wow, yeah. really? I mean, because... actually think about that movie. Yeah. Think about that movie. Yeah. So much of that movie was about yeah. Emma Stone's bravery. Yes, of writing other people's stories. Right, exactly. So. Yeah, yeah. And, wow. and, yeah. And that's and that's something just to consider, you know, like not that all movies have to be end-all, be-all of the Bechdel and Johnson test, but just consider how many movies can't pass either. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And how many TV shows can't pass either. And and it's just something to keep in mind. And, and, you know, I think about those when I see a trailer like Luke Cage. And it's like, this is a story. Yeah. yeah. This is this is a true story. This isn't, you know, Matt Murdock isn't there to tell the story of Luke Cage. Yeah. Right. You know, it's this is Luke's story, just like you said. And I think that's fantastic. And, and you've got such a variety of characters already just from the trailer. 
Uh, everyone seems to have different dimensions to them, just on what little we've seen. You've got Claire coming in, so that's mm-hmm. a familiar touchstone. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm very, very excited for this. The things that worked for me were the, uh, it actually had, and I think Netflix has done this better than a lot of movies, uh, it, it had screenshots that looked like comic frames mm-hmm. over and over again, but they mm-hmm. felt like they were in-universe. Like, mm-hmm. Netflix has built such a rich universe, like you were saying, it felt like Daredevil, felt like Jessica Jones, but right. also, taking a step back, like that shot of Cottonmouth in front of the Biggie poster, that is like, <laughs> yeah. beautifully. Yeah. Well, I can picture like an Alex Melave art piece yeah. with that drawing. Like, when I see that, yeah, when I see that, I picture like nice. certain artwork, and I see it in both comic and film, and then like the yellow, the use of yellow, the use of yeah. colors, mm-hmm. the, I mean, Claire Temple's opening moment, like, there's so much that felt like a comic, and then, of course, <laughs> since it's Netflix, the hallway. Like, yeah. like the fact that it was a hallway, I was like, we're in Netflix again! Did, did we lose the stream as I was talking about racial tolerance? Does that, <laughs> is that really what happened? <laughs> did, did we? That's kind of funny. I think, oh, I should go to the stream and take a look. I'm never on the stream, because I'm, I'm looking at Twitter and the rundown. Yeah, apparently, yeah, I, I mean, thank points. goodness people were complaining it was just really getting interesting. Like, at least, <laughs> at least no one's like, thank God someone shut that down. <laughs> they killed them. Down. Yeah, Popcorn Talk was like, oh, Kissler's talking about race. Oh, pull the plug, pull the plug. <laughs> okay, apparently <laughs> we're back. Fix, guys, it should be up momentarily. Yeah, Could they still hear us, or are we, are we in the dark? <laughs> no, I mean, we're, we're going to live on, we're like, we're on YouTube. Like, I mean, it's... We're not lost forever. They just can't see us live right now. Fair. (laughs) Yeah, we haven't dissipated into nothingness. I'm lost forever, Matt. Coy, no, you're not. You're with me. Lost forever. Uh, So what? So let's let's talk about uh, Cottonmouth. What did you guys think? For dude, I mean, I mean, it's perfect. Like, there's nothing to like. It's just just good. Like, yeah. I've been excited. As soon as they cast this guy, I was like, it's going to be great. Mahashala Ali, right? Smooth, that smooth, but also savage. Yeah. Yeah. That's such a good way to put it. Smooth and savage. Which which also is too. Smooth and savage. (laughs) It's the name of my next album. (laughs) (laughs) There's like... Uh, It's the name of my next uh, comedy special. There you go. (laughs) There you go. Deodorant album comedy special. (laughs) (laughs) It's just, it's the phrase that keeps coming. But I, what I like about like the smooth and savage approach is, I mean that that brings it down to so many really great villains, like you know Fisk mm-hmm. and and Doctor Doom, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. both try to act like they're these aristocratic, uh, very very dapper, mm-hmm. very sophisticated people, and when you just scratch the surface, when you piss them off at a certain point, no, they are brutal, horrible monsters. Yeah, and and we're getting a glimpse of that, like someone who's acting very cool and like he's in control, but man. If something threatens that control, well, I mean, like, okay, like, well. like Superman Returns. Oh, okay, uh, uh, okay, but um, uh, I mean the one with uh, Kevin Spacey and yeah, yeah, Lex yeah, Luthor. Yeah. yeah, okay. Uh, when okay, so he's Lex Luthor. I was so happy yeah. that he was Lex Luthor. But the moment when he's like, uh, yeah. Exactly, you know exactly what I'm talking about. He's like, just say it, just say it one time for me. Just say yeah. it. You're never going to get. I am going to get away with it. Yeah, it's like wrong. Yes. Yeah, when you get to see, that's when the real, yeah. the real like monster comes out. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, I I love that he's always covered in blood. Like in half the shots you see, he's just like covered in other people's blood. And I just like Man. like that is vicious. Like and like when you when you see that and then you hear him say to Luke Cage like, "Oh, you want a war? I'm gonna bring a war." It's just like, "Oh, that dude's gonna bring a war." Well, the beautiful thing about Netflix is they have 13 hours. They've really done it, and I've said this before uh, that the villains are just as important as the heroes, and yeah. it's the villain story as much as the heroes, and the villain gets almost as much, if not more, screen time than the hero. And you and have to have someone like this. You have to have someone that's yeah. got smooth savageness. You've got to have someone that's that talented smooth of an actor. Savage. You've got to have someone that's really like investable as a care uh, as a viewer. You need to have someone that you can like fully care about for 13 sure. hours. And we've seen 30 seconds, and I want to know. 
know as much about him as Luke Cage. Yeah, I mean that that's where the movies have been failing. The Marvel movies don't have villains as, as strong as, as yeah, yeah. I mean they're there, but so many of them are generic. Right. And, and, uh, and this guy doesn't have great minions. I guarantee it. And there will no. not be a portal in space we have to deal with. I'm, so, <laughs> I'm so done with portals I'm in space. So, no I'm floating so garbage done. in the sky, guaranteed. This, yes. Yeah. The show looks great. It looks gritty. It looks like yeah. we, we talked about like the soundtrack feeling the tone and vice oh, versa. The soundtrack. My God. Itchy. Just just the soundtrack in the trailer. Yeah. Is just like it is so dead on. Like it's and like that's like sets the tone for the entire series. And I, I'm just like, this is it. Like this is so good. It looks so good. Yeah. And just like just hearing it, I'm just like so on board. And and the fact is, you know, the comic books are serial serialized storytelling, so they lend themselves very nicely to a series, a mm-hmm. TV series. Mm-hmm. And and on top of that, the TV series, partly because they don't have the same budget, have to have the heroes have more creative solutions than just we punch them until we're done punching them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which, which is, again, is a failure in the movies to me that now we've had so many where a lot of them just end with, and then he punched him really hard and it was done. Mm-hmm. Whereas, like, no, Daredevil can't just punch Kingpin until he's done. Like, he had to he had to get this evidence. He had to get mm-hmm. that cop. He had to take down the Empire. He had to take down the soldiers. He had to convince this cop to talk. And, and, the, and but, you know, but with that, it becomes um, very satisfying to see them punch him Yes, yes. Oh, yeah. yeah. Because then they've mm-hmm. earned it, and that's like the kill. That's like the final blow to everything right. else that they've right. done. Right. I remember it's right. part it's of a, a larger plan. Yes. Yeah. I remember the scene of Punisher talking to Kingpin in the prison yard more than I remember all of Avengers: Age of Ultron. No offense to Josh yeah. Whedon and Avengers: Age of Ultron, but I remember the images of like these conversations that you've because it stuck with you. It stuck with you. I remember it's more reading, relatable. reading Punisher as a kid, reading Kingpin as a kid. You wanted mm-hmm. that to happen, and we knew in the show mm-hmm. like yeah. Punisher's here. I didn't know Kingpin was in the show. They kept it under wraps for me. I actually didn't know going in. As soon as Kingpin showed up I was like oh, I've waited my whole life and then like that scene is seared into my brain beautifully yeah. whereas we earned the fight later on with yeah. the kingpin moving like he did in the freaking animated series that, that was all warranted because like you said the budget and because yeah. Netflix has more time yeah. I don't, yeah, a I limited don't budget and, and certain time constraints Deadpool, can, will force you to be it's more creative money. exactly mm-hmm. we've seen that That's since filming has begun for movies and TV and we gave them yeah. 13 hours of time so we could invest that's yeah. the difference between like yeah. they had to cut Ultron down to nothing mm-hmm. these yeah. these things can stretch and make it mm-hmm. malleable that's why luke cage looks great because this would not be a story i'd want to see in two hours i yeah. want 13 hours of this guy yeah absolutely yeah. uh so what did you guys I, I know we've briefly touched on it but misty knight like how do we feel about simone missing like, oh my god we barely great. seen it but like comic character come to life that yeah. that was really that to me it reminded me when when hugh jackman walked into x-men one in that cage fight i was like oh my god oh they my just god, that's they developed the technology to bring a comic book character to life <laughs> yeah. how did this happen like that's that's what i felt when it's, i saw I misty mean, knight it's really way, dark there but like that's her like the, the way she was her, yeah. like, running through the, the, way she moving, the way she's like commanding her presence I'm like yes yeah like the like you you see her i think twice in this trailer and uh, the first time you really see her, she's like dressing down Luke Cage. Yeah, like, she's, yeah. Standing, she's no one's sidekick. Yeah, no, she's she, missing. She's Knight. like, you might be bulletproof, but Harlem ain't. And then she's like, oh my god, she's right. And, and she's that's, like, yeah. that's the beautiful thing that this I love. I love when our superhero stories like deal with consequence for yeah. what's happening. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like when you know Daredevil season two. Mm-hmm. You had constant discussions about did Daredevil engender an environment in which the Punisher happens, mm-hmm. or is this just an unrelated event and and things sometimes converge? And I love that you have the discussion, and you love that you know what what is the message it's giving to the community if Daredevil has to be the guy bringing people in instead of the cops, and and right. this 
is going with that great themes. Jessica Jones is all about consequence mm-hmm. and, yeah. and trying, in some cases, to avoid consequence. Well, I think yeah, Marvel I... is about consequence. Like, Marvel's done a really good job being like, hey, we did this bad stuff. We should right. really fix it. Yeah. Like, right. That's the beauty of it. These shows just have more time to invest verbally. Yeah. We, we you, didn't, you didn't, like, blow up a city and then, like, act sad, Marvel. but then the next scene, so... you're laughing while you take out a government drone. It's, it's mm-hmm. a completely yeah. different thing. You wanted <laughs> they, to say They something. recognize that actions uh, don't exist in a vacuum, and right. super actions definitely don't right. exist in a vacuum. Absolutely. And they deal with that. Uh, with like with Jessica Jones, like with the first episode and they're saying about like, oh yeah, you know, those other guys with mm-hmm. what they did. Like, okay, great. Yes, because that's, that's it's a ripple effect and that's mm-hmm. a gigantic right. ripple effect. The, the so, New York incident they referenced that. all of Daredevil, that cost them zero dollars. They had a line of dialogue. <laughs> oh God! See, that cost us more. Yeah, that cost us more. (laughs) She has done what no villain has done. She has defeated the Silver Surfer. She toppled him on his... (laughs) It's okay. It's okay. (laughs) Wow, that actually kind of scared me. Uh, you uh, puss. <laughs> <laughs> what? Get, Matt, this uh, is my show. Get out. Get out. Get out. <laughs> uh, so, I, I will point out, we did it's not see Misty Knight with a metal arm. Do you think that we will see that at the end of the season? I think that's going to happen in Do her you... own spinoff thing. No. I no, mean, it's it's, it's going to happen here. It's, it's going to be like a really big melodramatic, you know, like point where yeah. it's going to happen and it's and it's going to affect Luke Cage. It's going to affect her. It's going to change the entire dynamic of everything. I mean, it's there are two ways you can play it. One, you can play it as it's already an artificial arm and she's got skin on it and that'll yeah. be a revelation later. Like she'll, someone will come at her with a knife and she'll block it with the arm and like, what? And it's like, no, this arm's metal and mm-hmm. Tony Stark made it for me because I lost mine in a bomb blast. Or... The way I would prefer is if that is her arm and she does lose it over the course of the story because another thing that we we haven't seen much in, in the adaptations is someone dealing with a new disability. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I don't want that arm to be replaced in the next episode. Do you right. Know what I mean? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Let's I see. I have we to deal this. with it the whole season. Or let's, have, let's, this is, let's have some Furiosa without the arm. Well, also, like, this is, again, what, what Jessica Jones did so well is, like, there are shows that'll bring in a character uh, suffering rape, mm-hmm. and the next episode, they seem to be largely over it. They're pissed, but they're moving on with their lives already, and just, like, you know, well, you know, this villain raped me, and we have to stop him, but, like, it's you could have, if you insert that line with, this villain robbed my checking account, yeah. it would have mm-hmm. the same emotional thing, whereas Jessica Jones dealt with how does this really affect you and how psychologically you, how, psychologically yeah. Yeah. And what do you do and how do like different people react to different traumas different ways that was all Jessica Jones mm-hmm. and to do that also without us participating in it by seeing it happen was really great and so that's why I'm saying like what I think we we're both agreeing like you it would be great to see her adjust to that to see her adjust to not having an arm and even if she gets an artificial arm it's not her arm mm-hmm. yeah. and th- things in her life have changed and right now there are no uh, heroes dealing with a disability in in any of the Marvel Studios films, mm-hmm. uh, other than there's Daredevil in Daredevil, but even he like has that advantage of a certain powers. And in season two, they don't go into the limitations too much, except yeah. with the hand ninjas. Yeah, uh, I feel like the, the limitations he had were stronger in season one, actually. But you know, whereas Charles Xavier like was in a wheelchair, but we didn't really see him adjusting to that. And actually, the movie that could have dealt with that yeah. had him occasionally take a drug. Apparently, a drug can repair the fact that part of my bones were destroyed by a bullet. Like, <laughs> dude, that bothered me yeah. so much. It that bothered me so much. Literally took me out of yeah. the hole. So I would, I would love to see like uh, this positive dealing with disability. Yeah. 
Uh, I I totally agree with that. Tenet, before we move on from Luke Cage, can I talk about the moment? Yeah. Oh, the <laughs> we haven't talked oh, about Oh, the moment. The the moment. moment. I know exactly and what you're talking about. No, that was actually, like, that was my next thing. I wanted to talk <laughs> about the has experiment. has to be mentioned. Yeah. My God, is that awesome. Like, well, yes. not only does he have the tiara, but he's also got, like, the, the braces. The braces. Like, he's like, just Luke Cage. Like, I remember, like, I watched it the, for the first time this morning. And was like, oh man, this is like I can't. This trailer's so pitch perfect. I love it so much. And then I watched it a couple more times, and it took me like two or three viewings to full like to actually be like, wait, oh my god, it's a tiara. Because I saw the, he's wearing I a tiara, braces, and yeah. then my brain went click 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 tiara, and it already <laughs> moved on. And I was like, I have to see it again. Yeah, like it's yeah. so cool. It's so so for those of you who don't know, like when Luke Cage first came out in Heroes for Hire, uh, what was it, seventy four, seventy five, or later? Alan, do you remember? Uh, I mean, Luke Cage came out in seventy two. Oh, it's even earlier. Um, okay, so but, but hero, but he, uh, yeah, he came out like as Luke Cage hero for hire. Yeah, and so then later, him, him and Iron Fist got together. Right, they got together around was, like seventy five. Okay, because so his comic book was doing poorly, and so they decided to team him up with Iron Fist, who also wasn't doing that great. Yeah, and so you actually had. I mean, it's, it's funny because both were such cultural uh, heroes at the time because you had one being a reaction to all the martial arts films that were becoming popular. Yeah, and one being an a-, a reaction to the black exploitation. Mm-hmm. And and you combined them and made this really fun and buddy comedy. It was like mm-hmm. chocolate and peanut butter. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. You know, interestingly, Iron Fist was the chocolate. That's really what's yes, interesting. That's so actually, weird. Yeah. It's so yeah, weird. That's yeah. Actually, yeah. yeah. Uh, but uh, but he he had a tiara. He wore yeah. a yellow shirt and a chain and uh, a tiara. As you as do, Power Man. As you do when you're trying to keep a low profile as a bounty yeah. hunter. Oh, yeah. I yeah. hope he fights with a chain like Daredevil did in season two. Oh, I got, he's he's gonna fight with a chain. chain. I didn't even think of how excited that's gonna make me. But, uh, chain fighting is my favorite. Also, there was the great shot of him, like when he saved like that that couple from like he was like, "Don't worry, I'm here. To, I've, I'm I'm watching. I've got you. I've got you. Yeah. yeah. Like he turns around and he's got like the the hoodie. yellow hood. yellow, yeah. the yellow, yellow the yellow's the lining of it. It's just yeah. like such a wonderful well, subtle nod. Like I love yeah, there it is. Yeah, there yeah. it is. I mean, I love those little touches. Like like when with Bruce Banner in Avengers having a purple shirt. Mm-hmm. And it's just like mm-hmm. it's not we. It's not as weird as purple pants. Mm-hmm. But it it like it lets you it lets yeah, you it know that little flavor. it's that little hint it's a little, it's a little hint that it's they love. paying attention it's that little love for the comic book fans yeah and and uh, yeah but I mean and, and Misty Knight actually there's there's an interesting thing there's a constant debate about when she first appeared oh because, interesting because so right. she technically first appeared in seventy five in Marvel premiere I think issue twenty sure and that's when she was created and she was introduced but then John Byrne later retroactively identified her. With an unnamed character who had appeared in Marvel Team Up in '72, there's there's mm-hmm. a woman in there in the in one of the scenes who looked a lot like Misty Knight mm-hmm. and was just didn't have a name in the story. She wasn't a major thing there. Hmm. So John Byrne later said, "Oh yeah, that was Misty Knight. He just didn't know it." So like retroactively, her first appearance is in '72. But not for real, though. But not for uh, real, yeah. no. But people yeah. will often list, like, oh, yeah, she first appeared in Marvel Team-Up in 72. It's like, not, not really. really. It's the same thing with Jessica Jones. Now, I mean, she first appears, really, she's created an alias issue one. Yeah. But Bendis later revealed that she went to high school with Peter Parker mm-hmm. and showed a flashback using the Steve Ditko panel of, mm-hmm. I think it was Spider-Man issue four, when Sandman first appears. And... At one point, they're fighting one of Peter Parker's classrooms, and Brian Michael Bendis pointed to one of the characters that Steve Ditko had drawn in the background. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, that's Jessica Jones when she's younger. So, like, retroactively, mm-hmm. 
Her first appearance is in Spider-Man, Amazing Spider-Man issue four. But not for real. But not for real. But not for real. Yeah. No, I, that's one but, of my favorite things but about Jessica Jones. I love Jessica that Jones, ultimate like, Jessica Jones knowing Spider-Man growing up. I loved in the Avengers where like Peter Parker had a crush on Jessica Jones because of that retroactive like origin thing. I thought right. that was great. But just, Jessica Jones had a that's huge, huge crush on Jessica Jones. 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 Yeah. And I loved was like Luke Cage is like laughing like you had a crush on this nerd. Yeah. And then Jessica's talking like doesn't even hear this talking to Peter like oh my god I was so in love with you and Luke is like wait. Was it a crush or love? I'm like, really? You're, so good. you're threatened by freaking <laughs> Peter Parker. No, that's so <laughs> funny. Uh, so let's also talk about the experiment very quickly. Uh, uh, in the comics, it was uh, Dr. Bernstein. I can't remember the guy's first name. Uh, but I think it was Dr. Bernstein who was doing an experiment, uh, like a super soldier experiment. Yeah. He was doing it in prison secretly. Yeah. And and actually, this was they, after Luke Cage had been uh, arrested for. Well, right. he was framed Hero- for heroin. He was framed for heroin possession. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, he was already. He had been convicted. He was in prison. Yeah, yeah. Um, and like was like not a a good prisoner because he was like he was framed. He knew well, it was he was framed. Yeah. He was yeah. very angry, like yeah. trying to yeah. get out. And then I think Reba which is fantastic. While he was in there, yeah. Frankly, like, like absolutely, yeah. yeah, yeah. And actually, they later they they made a very. Uh, uh, clear and literal through line between Luke Cage and the Super Soldier Project yeah. that made Captain America in the Marvels Project. Yeah. You mm-hmm. see, they brought back there. There was an old Marvel hero of like I forget if his name was like John Steele or something. Yeah, but he had superhuman strength, and they talked about how they used studying him and his biology that became part of the Super Soldier Operation Rebirth Project. Yeah. But then one of the scientists went on his own to sort of really focus on the strength mm-hmm. and resistance to injury. And his son is the scientist who then works on Luke Cage later. Oh, interesting. So, okay. so Operation Rebirth, like once again, Captain America has these ripples yeah. that have affected the Marvel All right, universe. So we've got to move on, but I just wanted to say like the, the experiment goes wrong in prison because of sabotage by prison guards who hate Luke Cage. And he accidentally gets that and then escapes prison and everyone thinks he's dead. And that's probably why he's trying to lay low because he's a he's an escaped convict so. right, and, right and let's you know be honest he probably has indestructible underwear now i mean you got because to. as you see that's right? you got science. To. it has you got to, to. Yeah. You got it to. just makes sense uh, so let's let's talk very briefly about uh thor ragnarok before we uh answer questions from our fans and do our shout outs uh the kotati and mantis are rumored to be uh appearing in thor ragnarok what do you think First of all, okay, so the Kotati are uh, a they're species that coexists on Hollow with smart the Kree. Plants. They're right? smart plants. Yeah, they're smart plants. plants. Yeah. Like, they're hyper-intelligent yeah. plants. They're, yeah. like, there's there we anywhere go. There we go. weird <laughs> mouths that look like butts. Thor yeah. Ragnarok. There are space. Oh, man, they man, do. I can't see that. You're welcome. It's our space. You're welcome. That's all I got now. You're welcome. I I think if there's anywhere for them in the Marvel Universe other than Guardians, it's here. Like, in the MCU, I mean. Because Thor Ragnarok is going to be weird. I mean, yeah. I mean, and so, then with, so with them, we get the Kree. I mean, we'd have to, right? Yeah. Well, we've, <laughs> we've, we already have the Kree, but like... I mean, well, yeah, a little bit. But they... Uh, so the priests of Pama... Uh, or is it Pama? I, th- I always said Pama. Pama. Priests of Pama. Oh. The priests of Pama of, are a pacifist Kree sect who like coexist peacefully with the Kotati, and they all get off planet. They end up on Earth, where they discover Mantis... Who's like the celestial and mother? They, cre- they they declare her the celestial Madonna who will give Madonna. birth right. to the celestial Jesus. Uh, Jesus, the celestial Messiah. They didn't yeah. say Jesus, but we don't think they'll go there. I don't think that's going to happen. Go there, but they probably will do something with uh, the Kotati and Mantis um, and maybe how Mantis is actually from Earth, but I don't think she's going to be. Well, so. oh, I mean, like Vietnam, right? Yeah. 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 Um, but I mean, it's, it's 
I, I can see them taking sort of a more... I mean, one of the things that they did with Thor was they really focused on the original idea that these are aliens who yeah. are worshipped as gods, not mm-hmm. literally gods. Yeah. And so I could either, easily see them as... It's not necessarily that... If she's in it, it's not necessarily that Mantis is the Celestial Madonna, but there are priests who believe she is, is yeah. or represents that... You know, in the same way that, you know, a Catholic priest, when he steps into a confessional, is supposed to be, at that moment, representative of voice box for God. Yeah. You know, can we prove that with science or something? No, you can disbelieve it if you want. But this is the cultural belief of of that system. Yeah. So I I see them playing it more on that. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't really know what to do expect from Ragnarok because it's, it's such Ragnarok is so out there, dude. Like all the stuff that I saw at Comic Con, it's just like. It, it's like I've said this before. If I weren't already excited for Doctor Strange, Ragnarok would be the one I was most excited for right now. Because it just looks so. It is so out there and so. I, I just, don't know what I to always, think about it. I always worry when things look like they might be doing too much. But Marvel's <laughs> done, with a couple of exceptions, mm-hmm. like done a pretty good job of balancing a lot of things. Yeah. So. The Donald Glover just came out and had a comment on his character in Spider-Man: Homecoming. What did he say? Really? What did he say? He, he said he can't say who it is. Obviously, he's sworn to secrecy. But quote: "It was kind of an accident. It really wasn't out there trying to do that. I felt like an internet just kind of did that for me. But it was cool because now I get to see from the inside a lot of that stuff, which is all you can ask for as a fan of something. If they were shooting in Colorado, I probably still would have gone. But being in Atlanta, it was kind of like icing on the cake. It was nice. So he's saying, as a fan, he gets to see from both sides, and that no matter what, he would have been there. So." This concludes our well, any but, rumors of Giant Park. There's no way he was ever going to be, but the fact that he was just conveniently around and the internet kind of got him into this situation. Huh. Okay. So it's probably a small part, probably a teacher, probably something in the school, but the fact mm-hmm. that... I love that he, he's saying, like, I was a fan and now I get to see it from the inside. That's, yeah, that's sure. really cool nice. for me. So, cool. so at the TTAs, he was probably promoting his show Atlanta, and he's in Atlanta. They were filming in Atlanta. Yeah. Don Glover's like, Don Glover, hey, perfect. I'm from Atlanta. So uh, I, I love Spider-Man. So I, I love that. That's really yeah. cool. That comment just came uh, out. So let's... Uh, very quickly, I also wanted to throw out the Priest of Pama also trained Moon Dragon, and it would be cool if we started getting... Right. I mean, so, we've already had yeah. Thor make a connection to to Guardians of the Galaxy because yeah. Thor: uh, The Dark World ended with going to the Collector mm-hmm. and had uh, Sif and Volstagg stand in front of Adam Warlock's cocoon yeah. in a display yeah, case, the, a cocoon incredible. that was then open in the in the stinger scene of Guardians of the Galaxy, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and. Yeah, so you're sort of assembling actually members of the Infinity Watch because yeah. if you if you're talking oh about Hala God. a lot, then you're talking about Moon Dragon. Oh my God, I hadn't even thought about Infinity and, Watch. And you're talking about I would love to see Adam Warlock. Yeah. I have a great soft spot for Adam Warlock. Yeah. So All right. yeah, I hate that I have to skibbity boo, but we got a skibbity bop on uh, and say that a Quinjet was also spotted on the set. Uh, we've got a picture of it. Um, doesn't necessarily mean anything, but like I think it would be really cool if when we meet Bruce Banner or Hulk. It's actually that scene oh, from Age of Ultron, but it's like yeah. the it's the other side of it. So we see that one last thing where he turns around and he doesn't fit in the Quinjet, and it's like one of the oh, saddest, like bum 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 kind of moments for Hulk. I would love to see like the reverse of that, and then see like the Grandmaster kidnapping him, mm-hmm. oh. like soon after the events of Age of Ultron. Like that's mm. what I'm like dying to see. Yeah, and so, Jeff Goldblum's just like he. Yeah. Oh my God, he's like uh, such uh, a great Grandmaster. Uh, the uh, uh, the uh, 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 Hulk <laughs> will find a way. Huh, huh. Uh, I just hope we meet yeah. him laying on a couch shirt on <laughs> Grandmaster. Uh, Hulk, Hulk, like, running behind Grandmaster, and he's in a Jeep, and he's like, uh, uh, must go faster, must go faster. Uh, so that's that's it for Thor Ragnarok, as much as I could talk about it forever. Uh, let's move on to our fans. J.J. Uh, Johnson, at Actor J, says, My 51st birthday is Thursday. Been a comic geek longer than the panel has been alive. 
Boom. Happy birthday. Happy Shout birthday. out to J.J. Johnson. Uh, oh, you, and the Kistler is taking a sip of water for you. Mm, the mm, toast. Mm, did, we, did we briefly mention that Loki uh, got an Instagram? And is oh, he Instagram and he's yeah. like, I'm back on set. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tom Hiddleston. I mean, I didn't know that picture. Odin but. is Loki right now. Yeah. So we, Odin gonna, Loki. Yeah, we're going to have to deal with that. Figuring that out. It's exciting. I, I'm having him confirmed, confirmed in the yeah. last oh, definitely. exciting for uh, me. And uh, Zach, I, I, I need you to double check your email. I just sent you a picture about uh, 20 minutes ago. Um, but Jerry Lopez at Corn Raiders yeah. uh, says, uh, uh, "Would love a shout out this week, marrying my best friend." Real so, cute. So, like, they're they're getting married this week. I, I've got a couple pictures from their Instagram we're pulling Aww. up right now. Real cute. Um, so we'll 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 show those in just one second. Let me move on though. Um, Koi, well, the whole panel, but like, uh, I they they speci- specifically said you called me up. Yeah. At CBNSC803, if Guy Ritchie were to do a Marvel property, what would it be? Oh, I love oh, Guy wait. Ritchie. Okay, so hold on. Here, uh, this is uh, Corn Raiders Jerry Lopez. This is uh, this is his lovely wife, or soon-to-be wife. So, yeah. Look, yeah, look at that. Oh, they look they, so happy. They, oh, of cuteness. They, look, look, they dress as like so Groot sweet. and Star-Lord. And, oh, it's the best. And there's a Deadpool. <laughs> oh, you guys killing it. You guys are killing it. Yeah. Good work. Well Good done. Work. Congratulations. Happy, well played. Happy <laughs> wedding. Happy wedding. I, I will know what that's like in about three months. Oh, my God. Okay. <laughs> so much to do. Um, so, a Guy Ritchie were to do a Mar- Congratulations. Giant congratulations to you guys. Uh, if Guy Ritchie were to do a Marvel property, what would it be? We've got to be out in five minutes, so hurry. My God. You know what I'd want, honestly? X-Force. Ooh. His kinetic action style, his ability to juggle a lot of characters, his diverse casting, yeah. his use of different cultural... Like, cultural... Uh, uh, like Zeitgeist, like in sure. Snatch, uh, sure. I think having a team movie would be, would be really great good for him. For him. Yeah. I think X-Force would be great. And I think he could handle that many characters that are that weird. Because yeah. he doesn't believe in weird. He just makes really cool stuff. And his action with Sherlock was perfect. And I really... I, maybe X-Force for me. X-Force, not a bad idea. Nice. I, 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 do, I, do either one of you guys I have mean, an I, I love Guy Ritchie. Yeah. I, I was thinking maybe New Warriors. Oh. Uh, similar vein. Similar vein. Uh, or if if they had the rights that they could do this uh, new Fantastic Four. Oh my god! As as in Wolverine, Ghost Rider, Hulk, and Spidey. Oh, Nineteen ninety seven. Exactly. Exactly. Oh my god. That should not be working <laughs> they together. They would never do that movie. It'd be amazing. <laughs> I would love that. I love uh, that. Adam no. Means at the Dark Knight, uh Night in Seven says, Gotta say your show makes me feel good. Look forward to it every week. We look forward to you, Adam Means. Thank you for saying so. Uh Peter Campbell at DT Fan07 says, Love the show. Watch every week via catch up in the UK and he's a fifty five year old Marvel fan. Best wishes and thank you for your work. Peter Campbell, we love you. Thank you for saying that. That's very nice of you. Uh, Teresa Luz. Oh, uh, so super fan Teresa Luz, by the way, who's always uh, talking to us, uh, retweeted a tweet uh, asking if we'd heard this rumor from Mask and Hammer. Rumor in very loose terms, but Nick Offerman from Parks and Rec may have been offered the role of J. Jonah Jameson. I want that so bad. That would be the best rumor ever. Totally fine with it. If like, you've um, never read any of Nick Offerman's books, they'll make your life better. The they really do. published yeah. are incredible. No, no. Yeah. Gumption his... and Paddle Your Own Canoe made me a better person. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Nick Offerman. Because he was terrible. I was just the worst. <laughs> I was on the street doing blow out of a corn. No, he's amazing. So true. Very true. That's you're where still Matt do, found me. still do that. No, he only did this in the bathroom. Tuesdays. <laughs> 
very nice bathrooms. Uh, obviously. Daniel Webb at Dr. Webb 22 asks, how do I get on the Cosmic Couch for a live show? Uh, tweet at it. Like, just ask it. Like, if you live in Los Angeles, send us a, just PM us. We'll, we'll, talk, we'll talk with you. Uh, Ashley Hutchins at Hushley Ch- Hut, at Ashley Hutchins. Cut and try it again. <laughs> skip it, skip it. Uh, do you think Marvel would get a major name to be the voice of Searcher in Thor Ragnarok? Yes. Because yeah. everyone's wanting to work with Marvel. It's going to be me. Alan <laughs> Kiss. Like, hey, you heard it here first. Thor. Everybody. Thor. Key confirms Alan is in. Uh, <laughs> uh, I think it'll be Al Pacino. Ooh. Hoo-ah! Hoo-ah, I'm certain. He's just, he's just basically the devil's advocate character. <laughs> yeah, the again. whole time. I should have taken a flamethrower to this place. That's my art, by I'm the, the way. I'm uh, the I'm devil's advocate. advocate. I am the devil's advocate here. <laughs> I'm, I'm also the devil. I'm imagining a Trump surter. <laughs> oh, it's like, geez. look, Midgard, this place. No, oh, we're going to get rid of it. We're going to get rid of it. You fired, I have the right, best right. fire demons. We've got it. We've got all the fire hurt. demons are mine. Lone Wolf Pack 04 at Lone Wolf uh, 04. Just eating some pancakes and watching uh, at McKee and Koi Jandro talk about Marvel. Good on you. Uh, all I want is Koi Jandro to Koi cast a potential Moon Knight show. Who is Mark Spector? Koi who? And that is from at... Hoot eighty six. I've said our show uh, rocks, Remy Malek before, and I think he's great. I'd love the, yep. the kid from Mr. Robot. Mm-hmm. I think he'd be an incredible Moon Knight. He, oh my god, he would be great, right? I mean, oh he's god. got the depth, he's got the look, he's young. He's I think he'd be and he, he's weird. He seems unhinged great. in the right way. Uh, also unhinged in the right way. And this is not a joke; it's actually serious. Ben Foster would be a good good Moon Knight. I think Ben Foster is just the right amount of crazy. Okay, sure. You know what? He's uh, great, man. He's got at, two movies coming out this year. Vic Rose for uh, Victor Rose uh, Rosario for Cree uh, Captain. Marvel and Captain Marvel, who do we cast? DiCaprio, Pitt, Ham, like as Marvel, like actual, like the Cree warrior Marvel. As Marvel, Idris Elba. Ooh. Ooh. My brain went Spider Ham when they said Ham. Now seeing John Ham, that makes more sense. Yeah. <laughs> you were asking who would cast like, Spider Ham. No, I was like, Tom Cruise, Brad Pitt, Spider Ham. What does he have to do with anything? <laughs> Uh, all right, so we've got to close it off. Uh, I've got a couple of iTunes chat that are really good. Do it, do uh, it. iTunes, Fast. last week, uh, Anakin J.K. Gatsby, I want to give that love again because I loved your comments saying that we're the group of nerd friends you wish you had. We are a nerd friend. Welcome oh, to you're a nerd friend. We appreciate that. Victor Onomy left us an amazing comment. Long, too long to read, but very good, and I read it, and it was great, and I appreciate it. The Eric Opperman, I talk to you all the time online stuff, so you're an awesome dude, and you're also a nerd bro, which you say is rare. I agree. People go to the gym and read comics at the same time. Very rare, very important. Keep it up. Uh, awesome <laughs> podcast from Daniel J.M. Jones, 007. I appreciate you listening to us in your 40 minute commute to work. We try to keep the show around there so you can enjoy it but on the way back to whoever show that happens sometimes and lastly Donald Blake MD your name is awesome and you clearly like comics and you like us and I appreciate it and a new one today uh, best hype man ever no soul stone coy as Billy Joel put it it's all about the soul I, I soul stones where it's at and <laughs> you guys are awesome thank you for those five star reviews yeah you guys are the best wow you were fast you're I, a superstar I, I right, we, like we, we, gotta we gotta wrap it up okay. uh, Alan very quickly where can we find you uh, Arkes of my work are at alankissler.com. You can follow me on Twitter at SizzlerKissler. You can find uh, my books on Barnes and Noble and uh, also on my website. And the podcast Craziest Geeks is on SoundCloud and iTunes. New episode of September 1st. And Kissler is spelled K I S T L E R. Indubitably. Okay. Uh, Markea. Uh, you can find me on uh, Twitter and Instagram at Markia McCarty, M-A-R-K-E-I-A-M-C-C-A-R-T-Y. Uh, Snapchat is Darth Thinmints. And uh, another, uh, well, a show that I do for After Buzz, I do WWE Raw, so you can talk wrestling and our Sailor Moon Crystal with me. Oh my I love god, it. that's so awesome. Koi? 
Uh, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Coyjandro, C-O-Y-J-A-N-D-R-E-A-U. I've got a VR short. I shot a 360 VR thing that's coming out in the next couple months. It's going to be awesome. I'll let you know when that happens. And uh, if you're in LA in October, by any chance, we're doing the Rocky Horror Hipster Show. We're doing a weekend at the end of October. We're also doing a tech week in the middle of October, so you can see it any time in there. And it's going to be crazy and wonky, and it's the third year in a row. It's insane. Love you guys. Uh, and I'm Matt Key at the Matt Key. You can find me on Twitter where I'm not very active, but I try to be. Like I, I probably tweet like three times a week. <laughs> three times a, <laughs> since joining. <laughs> since joining. I have a total of four <laughs> tweets. Uh, but uh, yeah, I also do the Kevin, the Kevin Smith show every once in a while. I think we're recording next week, so look forward to that. And uh, we'll see you next week. From producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, Christian Harloff, and the entire Popcorn Talk Network, we would like to thank you for tuning in. For questions or comments, be sure to visit PopcornTalk.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of the Popcorn Talk Network. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only. do not necessarily reflect the views of the Popcorn Talk Network or its owners or principals. All right, hey. All right, good job, guys. Uh, let's just not come in tomorrow. Let's just take a day.